Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hooray for Hollywood! Hooray for Hollywood! You're so misunderstood. Keep shining like you should. Hooray for Hollywood! Hey everybody, this is Brett Gersky. Welcome to another edition of On The List. This is episode number four. It's Tuesday, September 4th, 2012, the day after Labor Day. I hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend, nice long holiday weekend. Uh, my guest today is a good friend of mine who's also a talented actor. His name is Jason Blair. Uh, you know him originally from The Hard Times of R.J. Berger on MTV. Now he's one of the stars of what's probably the most talked about, buzzed about TV show of the new fall season. It's called The New Normal on NBC. Um, there's been a little controversy surrounding it. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, but it's definitely one of the most highly anticipated shows of the new season. It's got an awesome cast, Ellen Barkin, Justin Bartha. Uh, I've actually seen the pilot, so we'll be able to talk about it. And uh, it premieres next Tuesday on the 11th of September, 9.30 p.m. And I know it's a project Jason is very proud of, so we'll get into all of that. And we'll talk about Jason's career and his life, and it should be very fun. Uh, before we bring on Jason Blair, I have another friend of mine on the phone. His name is Mike Mallon. He's better known as Mike Boogie from the long-running CBS reality show, Big Brother. Uh, he's actually a great guest to have on On The List because we talk about everything here from entertainment to nightlife, and Mike has his hands in both of those worlds. Uh, not only has he been on three seasons of Big Brother, including the current season, Big Brother 14, that's on right now, um, and he's actually one of only two people who holds the distinction of being on the show th- for three different seasons. Um, but also, uh, Mike is one half of the Dolce Group here in Los Angeles, along with Lonnie Moore. And the Dolce Group owns a bunch of nightclubs and restaurants, and they have for years since I moved to L.A. Everything from Geisha House uh, to Ledoux, which had a very famous Friday night for a long time. Uh, and in late 2009, early 2010, I actually threw a party on Wednesday nights at a club called Wonderland, and that was one of Mike and Lonnie's clubs as well. So at one point in time, Mike was technically my boss. Uh, so a little known fact is that I worked uh, with a Big Brother cast member. Uh, now I also happen to be a big fan of the show Big Brother. I would say it's my favorite reality show. I look forward to it every summer. A little bit of an expert on the topic. So I asked Mike to call into the podcast today so we could have a little chat about the show. Hey, Mike, what's up? You are on the list. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, brother. Welcome back to si- Welcome back to civilization. Thank you, thank you. Um, I told it was a rough you, summer. yeah, it was a rough summer. We're, we're going to talk all about it. Um, I told you the other day, but I've actually uh, never missed an episode of Big Brother, going all the way back to season one. So uh, I can't believe that. I know. I, I, it's not public. Well, now it is, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I finally had to tell you that. Well, great, man. I'm glad you uh, glad you enjoyed it. It's good. I mean, the thing is, it's like it's kind of addictive. You know, you don't know why you can't stop watching it. You just can't stop. It's a guilty pleasure. Yes, I would definitely describe it as a guilty pleasure. <laughs> it's also a commitment. Like there's, the, I always say there's three levels of being a Big Brother fan. There's the people who watch the CBS show um, yep. only, which is three nights a week, one hour a night. So that's the three hour commitment a week. And then there is. Uh, the the m- mid level, no, 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 that's the biggest. There's the mid level, oh. which is um, me, which is the CBS show and Showtime After Dark. So that's sort of mid level, even though it feels like that's as big a fan as you can be. Yeah, I'm sort of mid level, and then the biggest 
Oh, I should say Showtime After Dark is three hours a night. <laughs> so that's 21 hours plus yeah. the three CBS. So that's 24 hours a week. That's a big commitment for any anything. Definitely. And then the, the ultimate fan, which I can't even comprehend, is the people who have the live feeds, which is 24-7 on the computer, which I won't allow myself to ever sort of do. <laughs> no, you, you definitely cannot do that. Yeah, so I, I, I consider myself middle of the road. Um, now, the thing is, talking about it on the podcast is tricky because there are people who think we're speaking another language if they've never seen Big Brother. So yeah. I thought I would give a little backstory, and then we'll turn it into a little bit of an interview. Perfect. Okay, so great. So here's what I how I came up with as succinctly as possible a way to sort of explain Big Brother. So Big Brother is a show where this season 16 people are locked in a house from July to September. Uh, the house is actually a soundstage on the Radford lot, so it's like a studio. There are cameras and microphones everywhere. Everything you do and say is being documented and monitored and filmed and recorded. Uh, each week, someone wins head of household. Uh, they nominate two people for eviction. Those two people have a chance to win a veto to save themselves and be replaced by someone else. And then the rest of the house votes on who stays and who goes, right? So that's that's yeah. as succinctly as possible. It still probably doesn't make sense to people, but yeah. that's the easiest way to do it. So you were on you the first time. Yeah, you were on the first time for Big Brother 2. Yes. 2001. 2001. And that actually remains my favorite season, I think, because it was so sort of the first time you experienced certain things. Like uh, that was when they in- introduced head of household and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, People weren't as, uh, you know, versed in what was going on. Right. Which is they didn't what's, have any, anything to work off. Of. Right. Which is what's fascinating is that you uh, and another guy named Will Kirby or somehow figured out how to master the show without having ever seen it the way it was done in Big Brother 2. Right. Right. So You are correct, sir. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm basically stating the facts here. But um, you guys had an alliance called Chilltown. Yes. Which is still the most famous alliance. Everyone every season tries to recreate Chilltown. Um, and yeah. then th- We were a good duo. Yeah. And did you, kn- you didn't know each other before, right? No. We just met on there and... Um, and hit it off. And then at what point did you guys realize that you needed to have an alliance in order to win? Uh, well, I think we just uh, had similar sensibilities. You know, we uh, both knew everyone else and there was idiots. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, so, you know, I, I got voted out, but he went on to, to the victory. Yeah. We, we became friends and invested in, in each other's businesses. And, uh, you know, you can take a, a one friendship away each season. Right. Right. At least one. Well, so you guys, had you seen Big Brother 1 before you were on Big Brother 2? I had always seen a few episodes, but it was obviously a very different game because America was voting people out. Yeah, and, it, it uh, actually made no sense when you look back. So basically there was no conflict within the house because just once a week they would find out that um, one of them was evicted by America. And so it was just like, all right. And then they'd leave. It was like there was no fighting. There was yeah. no voting within the house. So Big Brother 2 is when it really took off. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to stick with this with this show. Yeah. It, was, it tried to do it a little more uh, uh, voyeuristic, which is how it played in Europe. And uh, America didn't really respond to that as much. So they cut it down from five days a week to three days a week. Oh, okay. Oh, it was five days a week originally? Oh, my gosh. That's right. Yeah, originally, yeah. Maybe even six. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, now they have it down where they're editing it into a very, you know, produced show. Yeah. But but it's entertaining. And so, like you said, so Will Kirby won uh, Big Brother 2. So basically, Chilltown was successful that season. Now, 
season seven rolls around and they decide to do all stars and they bring yeah. back chill town they bring back will kirby who won <laughs> and they bring back you um yeah. and now they also brought back a player just to set the stage for later they bring back a player named janelle she had been on season six and you won season seven yes all stars so you yeah. win yeah we, uh, me and Will went back and uh, we tried to sort of carry Janelle along the way, but we had to cut her in the end. And um, yeah, I think people kind of slept, slept on me a little bit that season and they thought, you know, Will already won this, he'll probably win it again. And right. they kind of thought I was in the shadows. And so it was, it was nice to succeed. Right. And so basically, if you look at it, Chill Town won season two and season seven, which is which has never yes. been which has never been done before or after that. Yes. Yes, that is true. So um, now to bring it to today, they still to this day have not done another All Stars edition. That was the only one they ever did. But what they did do this summer and what's still happening on CBS right now as we speak is Big Brother 14. And so they, they decided to bring back four of the best, most beloved players of all time and make them the coaches for the 12 new people. So yes. you were brought back, you coached three people. Janelle, who I mentioned, was brought back. She coached three people. Um, and so for those keeping track, Mike and Janelle are the only two who've ever been on the show three times each. So that's crazy, isn't it? That you've been yes, on three right. times. And, and, and slightly pathetic. <laughs> well, no, I don't think I so. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, the other two that were yeah. brought back were Dan Geesling, who he was the winner of Big yeah. Brother 10. He coached three people. And Brittany Haynes, who's very entertaining from Big Brother 12, was brought back to coach three people. So basically, just to finish the summary of what's going on, uh, the winner of this season, Big Brother 14, gets half a million dollars, and their coach would have gotten $100,000. Right. However... And then they, had, they had a big twist. The twist, right. So tell me about the twist. So basically... If you haven't already figured this out, if I have Mike on the phone with me right now, then obviously some, <laughs> something went awry because the coaches should have been in till the end and one of them would have won $100,000. So, um, and actually Janelle and Brittany have also been evicted. So the only coach left right now on, as of September 4th is Dan. So tell me about the twist. So um, Julie Chen, well, the who's the host, was, yeah, she gave you guys an option. Yeah, she gave it. Uh, I guess America voted that... Uh, we could have the option of coming back to the game if one of the coaches pressed this reset button. Right. So um, I did not press it, but all it took was one coach to press it. And um, apparently three of them pressed it and yeah. Uh, yeah. sent us into the game. And I knew I was going to be a hunted man, so I was not really interested in coming into the game. See, but, had, uh, had you had an opportunity to talk to the other three and say, let's stay coaches, or they were all just so eager to be part of the game? Yeah, I mean, they all clearly wanted to have a shot at the $500,000, and I ain't mad at them, you know. I can uh, I can appreciate their, their interest in that, but I thought I would have a much better shot at maybe winning 100 right? and taking, well, taking the, the better odds on that. Well, yeah, it's a bird in the hand. Like, you guys had a 1 in 4 chance exactly. of definitely getting 100000 and then you had a 1 in, what was it at that point, 12 chance of getting yeah, 500000 12 chance. Right. And you know, I was I was the hunted hunted man, so I I knew it was going to be very very fun odds for me to win the half million. Right, and so um, like you said, so the other three coaches all pressed the reset button. They all wanted to become players. You became players, and so um, you did end up getting evicted. You were the first. Oh no, Janelle was the first coach to get evicted. 
Yeah. And then you were the second coach to get evicted. So I was actually brutal watching you get evicted because it was at the hands of a guy named Ian who claims yep. that he's your biggest fan. I know. It was, uh, you know what? A lot of people in my life, though, they're, they were uh, like, oh, that damn Ian. And, but I respected it. He made, he made a good move. He was uh, a 21-year-old you know, chemical engineering student, real nerdy type. <laughs> right. uh, he would never be on a Brett Gursky guest list. Exactly. And, <laughs> even and, even uh, after even after Big Brother, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, you know, he, he made a move on me, and he he totally fooled me, and I respected it. Well, you thought you see so, you thought that he was on your side, basically. He was in an alliance with you and Frank, and you were his coach, weren't you, Ian's coach? Yeah, I was his coach. Right, and uh, so you thought you had Frank. him with Frank, right? Yeah, and I, I gave him $3,000 in one of the contests. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, I thought uh, I thought I kind of had him. And, uh, well, it turned you know, out, yeah. yeah, he stabbed you in the back. He had, a, he had a separate alliance going on with Dan and Brittany and Shane and Danielle called the Quack, yeah. the Quack Pack, which is just the worst name. <laughs> I mean, it's the worst yeah. name ever. And by now, you know, they do this little, like, duck quacking hand yeah. gesture i mean <laughs> it's pretty bad and I, and I like some of those people but yeah it's pretty bad but um and so then in your eviction interview with julie chen when you found out that he was doing this behind your back you tipped your hat to him which i thought was a great it was a great I move to. i had to give it up i'd be the biggest hypocrite ever if i had a problem with it and uh and i didn't you know i i had to give it up i was completely fooled and duped and um i can't believe he got you i had to respect the moves yeah and it was like he it was like he learned from you he said he's been watching you on big brother 2 since he was 10 years old so exactly it was almost like you passed the baton the teacher became the student sometimes the the student teaches the teacher exactly and so the thing with the show is there's so much dramatic irony for us who are watching it it's like I know I knew for weeks that Ian was, you know, going behind your back, but there's no way for us as a viewer to tell you. It's it's so exactly. it's so frustrating. We just kind of watch it all go down and we're shocked sort of that you guys don't know what's happening. Yeah, well you're you're in there and it's it's very easy to be a um you know, what do they call it? A Sunday morning quarterback, you right. know, like when you just sit on your couch and you watch and you're like, how could they not know? How could they not know? But when you're in that game, you just um. I would be. I, I would just be so paranoid though. Every time two people were in the arcade or in the HOH room, I couldn't. I would never be able to shut off knowing where everybody is. Or do you? Or do you just you just let it slide? Sometimes you can't do it twenty four seven. I I had to, I had to let it fly, you know. And I I went there just um I play with with no fear, no regrets, and I had nothing to prove to anybody. And I thought to myself, if these kids want to, you know make a move and somebody gets me then they get me but i'm gonna just not stress out and be paranoid the whole time because you just you'd go crazy no you know, shit yeah you, when you when you watch you know three nights a week it looks like it's all fun and games and everyone's having a good time but you you're in there just 24 7 living it and um you know i just uh I couldn't. I couldn't go in there and, and be that paranoid and stress out the whole time because you'd go nuts. Well, don't you think that Dan maybe should have told you sooner? Like, it's not me. It's Ian. Or he was. Did he play that right? Did he play that correctly? Yeah. I mean, I wish. I wish Dan and I. That's probably. If if I did have one regret, I wish Dan and I could have. You know, got together and 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 played played together. But I'm very proud of. Uh, you know, the way me and Frank battled. Um, 
together and he was loyal to me and I was loyal to him and I know it's you know cheesy or whatever but like I said if you can take one friendship away uh from a season like that then then it's worth it because the money comes and goes. Yeah, and I, yeah, and my whole thing was that I just, you know, going into it, I'm like, I like the four veterans because I'm familiar with them. But then because of your alliance with Frank, he became, you know, a favorite of everybody because he sort of became the new will for you. You had, like, your partner in crime. Exactly. And so what's happening now is Frank is nominated. Ian is, is the head of household. <laughs> Frank is nominated against Joe because Dan took Jen off the block. I don't know if you're watching it. but. Oh, Oh really? Oh, oh no, I, I I didn't see it. Okay, so so Jen saved Dan last week. So Dan returned the favor and saved Jen this oh, week. Oh wow! And so Joe was oh, put wow. up. Now the thing is, it's up. It's now Frank and Joe. So if they were smart, Frank can't play in the next HOH because of a whole um, right because of the veto thing. Should keep him. Keep him. He's harmless. He can't do anything. Get rid exactly. of Joe. This is the opportunity to get rid of Joe. So it's, I'm very interested to see what happens Thursday because it's um. It's Dan, Danielle, um, Jen, and Shane voting, and the four of them can easily just get Joe out. He can play in the next HOH, get him out now, oh, and man. keep Frank. I, I know. feel like if Frank, I feel like if Frank could escape this week, he might be able to pull this whole thing off. Yeah, he and Dan yeah, should maybe. be the final two. I would love to see Frank and Dan as the final two. Oh, that'd be such a such a great final two. Yeah, and if you see, this is the other thing too: is if you had to go home, which you ended up going home, um, at least it was it was before the jury house, you know, because you get to go home to your exactly. you get to go home to your son and your family and your work and your friends. Um, exactly. For people who don't watch it, there's a jury house that once you're top nine, uh, your chance of going you, you you can end up in the jury house because seven people go to the jury, they vote out on the final two for the winner. So if you get to if you leave before there's nine people left, you really do get to go home. But if not, you're sequestered. And, and the thing too, Brett, is you know that's that's why I went for all the cash. You know, I made an extra sixteen thousand dollars. Right. You know, in those couple contests. Right. It's like I made third place money, and I didn't have to go to the jury house. I mean, my poor girl Ashley, she left twenty minutes later <laughs> right. after me, and now she's locked down. You know. So, right. What is that like? That what is that like? The sequester? Are you? You guys are like in a hotel oh, watching it's movies. The worst. I mean, you know, before you even go on the show for a week, you're just sitting in in a hotel room and you're completely cut off from from the outside world. Um, I can't imagine. I honestly can't of... imagine what that's like. And I've tried for 14 seasons. I've thought, what is that like? And I can't <laughs> can't wrap my head around it. It is weird. It is weird. You know, they they kind of want to like deprogram you from from the outside world and uh so you you know you sit locked down in that hotel room and it sort of gets you used to what you're about to face which is getting locked down in that house so are the tv uh, your tvs are disconnected it's just like a dvd player or something yeah they just give you a dvd player uh there's there's no tv because they don't want you to be able to see the promos oh so you can't see it right Uh, so so what people should know is there's no phones no tvs no computers no internet there's no internet there's no reading material there's no communication with the outside world yeah they don't want you to see who the other house guests are going to be right so while they start running the promos they don't want you to to know who's who's who so anyways uh i think i I would go crazy i mean i i can't even i can barely be without my blackberry for an hour at the gym when it's locked (laughs) in a locker three months is unthinkable when you get out you turn on your phone you just get a barrage of texts and emails this goes crazy you know you you can imagine um i can't i actually can't imagine (laughs) (laughs) i had to kind of ignore it for a few days i was like let me just you know, ease back into the world. Yeah. But, um, and then yeah, you, then, you just hope that people, yeah, wait, continue. Sorry. People, people in your life, uh, you know, understand and especially being the third time around, I, I just kind of, 
kind of used to it. But yeah, I was just super happy not to have to go to the jury house. Yeah. I felt so bad that, you know, these people, they have to fucking go there. Till, oh, oh, sorry. Can I swear? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> I have to go there until September 19th. I know. Um, it's, it's and I'd crazy. rather just not even be a part of that. And I don't want to have to, you know, vote or give, give the money to an inferior player. Right. But you do go back for the finale episode and you do sort of give your commentary. Yeah. Cause you've, so have you watched the season so far everything that's gone on yeah yeah i've I've watched i mean i didn't see it this weekend because i was in vegas but uh yeah i you know i'm staying tuned and i i hope my boy frank can can pull it off yeah i'm obviously reading but you know the weird thing is um when i watch it now i i almost feel like i was never even there right very the very weird disconnect yeah but um but yeah i'm obviously rooting for my boy so we'll see if he can pull it off was there anything that you sort of when you came back that you heard that you were surprised about because it's weird to not you know see the olympics or I well mean... i yeah i mean uh, you know it was obviously very shocking to hear about the um you know the the young man who murdered all those people at the movie theater right um right because you guys you guys were in the house talking a lot about Dark Knight Rises, and you couldn't wait to see it. And yeah. you guys were wondering how it did at the box office. And meanwhile, everyone watching knows that there was a, sort of this dark cloud yeah, over that movie. It's so bizarre. It's really bizarre. It's so bizarre. Dan and, is a is a huge Batman fan, and um, yeah, you know, it's just just weird to hear that when you come out, and uh, you know, Tony Scott suicide, and oh yeah, uh, right, and and you're getting yeah. it all at once, like you have no time to process it. You're getting like, yeah, Dwight Howard, and, right, you know. I'm a huge Boston Celtics fan, so it's like Ray Allen went to the Heat. <laughs> right. You know, you right. hear all these random things, the Olympics. Right. Um, right. Yeah, it's, people don't understand how disconnected you really are. You know, the first time around, 9-11 happened, and they didn't even tell tell the house guests. So that was Big Brother 2. That was Big Brother 2, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah, you guys were sitting fun. you guys were sitting in the yard and all of a sudden people were like, there hasn't been a plane flying over in, like, days. And that's kind of creepy that you... You guys had no idea exactly. that that happened. They probably should have told you that in retrospect. You are a fucking super fan. I know. Well, listen, it, I got to tell you. Can I tell you something? I somehow kept it to just um, my friends who watched it knew for like the first 10 seasons, right? So it was kind of kept like on the DL. If you watched it, you knew. It was kind of like a secret society, right? And then my yeah. then my friend Michael Kagan, who works at ICM, he works in reality, he got me tickets to the finale of Big Brother 10 when Dan won. So I end okay. up, they put me in the front row. I guess because I'm so no I'm so TV friendly, I, I guess. But anyway, they put me <laughs> they put me in the front row of Big Brother Ten finale, right? So all of a sudden, I start getting texts and emails from people. Is that you in the front row of Big Brother? And that's when you start to find out who watches. That's how I found did, out. Did you ever do you ever do some work with Memphis? Um, you know what? I haven't worked with Memphis, but I was there that oh, for that okay. finale. But because Memphis, yeah. right? Memphis Garrett works for SBE, and yeah. no, I've just the clubs I've worked at haven't just haven't lined up as SBE. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I did work with you at Wonderland. But uh yep. on Wednesdays. Uh, actually my 30th birthday was was November 4th, 2009 landed on a Wednesday and it was uh yeah, so I yeah. spent it at Wonderland. That was a big night. That was a lot of fun. Yes, it um, was. But um but yeah, so I was at front row and uh Lance Bass and his assistant Lisa Del Campo both texted me that they saw me in the front row. So that's how I found out they were fans. And then you just yeah, find out they're huge, right. huge fans. I went. I went on there uh, Friday night, actually. Yeah, I have to listen to that. You were, yeah, you were a guest on Lance's uh, radio show, yeah, The Pop Ten. Yeah. Um, but there's a huge, ce- there's like a huge celebrity following. It's Lance Bass and Jamie Sigler and Shannon Elizabeth and Simon Rex and Neil Patrick Harris, and it's just, I mean, the list goes on. Is there anybody that you yeah. that's approached you, like a celebrity, that said they're a big fan, that's surprised you? Uh, 
you know, all the all those people, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. funny because they, they have so much uh, bigger stuff going on. You know, I, I'm not one of these reality people who uh, takes it more seriously than it should be. You know, I know it's cheesy and whatever. No, and it's, it's fun, but there's something when... there's something so fun about it. I can't explain it. It's like cool to yeah. in like a uh, I don't know in like a nerdy way. It's cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thanks, thanks for thanks for recognizing that. And you know, I'm like, you guys have real talent, and <laughs> you guys like the show. You know, it's it's just it's funny. But um, well, Simon Rex has been yeah. in the audience too. Simon Rex has sat in the audience. It's just funny. It's like it's it's like this. It's like the anti, because it's reality, it makes it cool. Like these people are all used That's to doing so scripted stuff. I didn't, I didn't know that. He, he, yeah. he was in the audience this season? No, 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 a couple seasons ago. But he like, oh, okay. but, and also, you know, Mandy Sherman was there. She's a big casting director. She's yeah, a, yeah. She's yeah. a friend That's of both like, of ours. She was in the audience the night you got evicted last week. Yeah, yeah. I looked over and I said, I knew you would be here. <laughs> yeah, she told me that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because yeah. all these people are so cool in their day-to-day lives, but the one, their one little guilty pleasure that they're addicted yeah. to is Big Brother. I also, my friends, um, Allie and Missy Roney, I'll shout them out, but they are always, um, we have email chains going on constantly. Like, did you see who won POV? Did you see who won? It's like you, <laughs> you need to know what's going on in the house. Otherwise, you sort of yeah. you sort of feel like you're out of the loop because it's constantly changing every, every minute. Yeah. But no, it's a yep. cool uh, underbelly uh, subculture society of Big Brother fans in LA. So definitely, it's man. the cool well, thing to I'm, do. I'm very, uh, very shocked. You're such a big fan, I but know. I love it. Well, it's out. It's out now. <laughs> I mean, if Big Brother Ten audience wasn't enough, now I've announced it on the podcast that I'm a Big Brother fan. I told you middle of the road. I've never done the live feeds because that's yeah, just too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, my last question I will say is: Do you ever forget that the cameras are there because they're on you 24 seven? Yeah, and you know you do. You're the, the eating, sleeping. Is, yeah, I'll tell you a funny little story. You know, like uh, me and Frank were having this this late night conversation, and he left the room, and I laid down. You know, and you you have these mirrored, you know, two way two way mirrors, and I laid down, and then all of a sudden I look, and you just <laughs> see like this glowed face like a lady oh the, the, the camera the camera just was kind of given like a flashback oh my god you know and yeah and then she just kind of like floats through the walls you know like she moves away and you you that's when you just like we're on a tv show well you forget that you're living on a set you know it's basically it's truman show you guys live the truman show yeah, exactly do they exactly. still do so, tour do they still do the tours where you can walk behind the wall and sort of see the house or yeah that's, yeah i need do. you gotta hook, you gotta get me one of those i gotta do one of those tours oh man i would, I would love to they, they won't <laughs> let me in there though but uh so we could probably slide you in there yeah let's do that i actually is it a rumor that george clooney did it once or is that true i've never heard that actually that's a big story within the big brother fan community that george clooney oh, really? toured the toured the house behind the walls oh really <laughs> i don't know huh. that, that's the story Did, didn't know that i mean it's surprising you know some of the celebrities that are that are fans you know jeremy piven went on there and uh yeah jeremy piven Lance, was on. neil patrick Harris. right yeah so they love it it is surprising who some of the fans are but i've, I've never heard that um I do have another question that was given to me by somebody in yeah. the office for you guys. Um, who is your most favorite contestant and your least favorite contestant from all the seasons of Big Brother or seasons that you were on? You know, I have such mad respect for Danielle Reyes, who was on All Stars with me. She, um, yeah. she's just an 
amazing, amazing player. And I, I thought she was going to be there this season with us. I thought, you know. She won would, season, uh, uh, she won Big Brother 3, right? Uh, she lost in the final. Oh, right, right, right. Big Brother 3. Right. Yeah. She made it to the final two. Yeah. And then probably my least favorite is Kent, who, you know, from Big Brother 2, um, who I battled with. And then right. maybe even Joe. Maybe even Joe from this season. Really? Wow. He's just such a wankster. Gosh, I wish we I could mean, te- I wish we could telepathically get a message to the them in the house. Just get Joe out now while you have the chance cause he, uh, and and keep Frank. He's he's you don't harmless. Like him either, right? Well, he's just he screams in the DR. I mean, if you watch the CBS yeah. show, you have a whole different v- feeling about him cuz on CBS he's just unbearable, but he's basically he's a chef, so he keeps cooking all the food in the house just as a way yeah. to stay. So he makes you think if you exactly. vote him out, you're going to starve. So it's like he's staying exactly. because he's the chef. So he's almost like the help. He's not like a yeah. contestant. <laughs> and he know. just didn't, he didn't appreciate, you know, me and Frank just yeah. completely turning the entire house to, to save him. Yeah, but listen, I mean, built. the thing is, the Chilltown thing, it's always, what was it, Chilltown and Nerd Herd, they've had all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I always gravitate toward the Chilltown type cast members well that's come on of, of course of course the cool people and it's so funny because the ones exactly. the ones who aren't cool don't know they're the not cool ones america does not think you're cool and then they don't even know they're in the house and they're not cool crazy yeah um so listen yeah, so, so this was fun this was also very therapeutic for me i think to get all that out um yeah no but um what we'll do is we should have you come into the studio live and maybe with like will kirby and we'll do a whole hour just about big brother that'd be great okay so we'll do that and um but it was fun thank, thank you. you so much thank you for taking the time All right, and, uh, i'll talk to you later okay i'll talk to you later peace buddy bye okay uh my guest for the podcast has arrived mr jason blair hello what's going on what's up brad how, how you are doing? you feeling before you got here I, I gave a little background on you so everybody oh uh knows what's going on um, I, f- I feel good i'm happy you're happy glad to be here yeah it's yeah. tuesday it's the day after labor day yes how was your labor day weekend uh labor day weekend was great i have uh two really close friends and they just got a new house together so uh we hosted a party up there on saturday and sunday so people came up and we barbecued and hung out. Well, it was actually, music. wasn't it Saturday, Sunday, Monday? The invitation well, that I got was Saturday at noon to Monday at noon. And I was like, uh, uh, yes, yeah, so Saturday. Well, yes, yeah, so the invitation was Saturday at noon till Monday at noon. But um, so it was kind of like just come whenever you want. Right. We're going to be there. You know, I mean, of course, we slept a bunch. But um, <laughs> right. at some point. But uh, yeah, at some point. But um, yeah, so people, they came all throughout the day and uh, on Saturday and Sunday just barbecued and had a great time. I know. I was supposed to go. I ended up doing work all weekend. Whatever. Believe it or not, but if I did make it out, that's where I was going to Justin's house. That so was the place to be. That was the place to be. And uh, we also hung out on Wednesday. Yes. We went to the Colin Kane show at the Laugh Factory. Colin Kane is hilarious. Yeah, he man. was. Uh, he did a phone call on the podcast last week, last okay. week's episode. So we sort of were setting up his show, and uh, we ended up going with a big group of people. It was, uh, it, it was. It was awesome. It was fun. It was great. That was the second time I went to see him. The first time was you. Uh, you had introduced me to him. Yeah. And. Uh, and he is genius. His crowd work is so good. He's just so alert and aware of his surroundings and yeah. what's going on and playing off of every kind of sound in the audience and the street. And Yeah, that's what rocks. we talked about when he was on the phone. We were say, He was saying that his material doesn't really play on YouTube because you have to be there to yeah. sort of appreciate it. So he yeah. tries to put up YouTube clips of his show, but they don't translate as well as being there live. I, I get that. Um, yeah. yeah, but he calls people out for laughing weird and he calls people out he'll like he brought up a girl on stage it was her 21st birthday made her take a shot of tequila oh yeah 
then made fun of her tattoos. Um, no, he was fun. It was good. Um, but yeah, so Labor Day weekend uh, is over. It's the end of the summer. Yes. Um, you're from Michigan, right? I'm from Michigan, from Metro Detroit. Yes. Right, and I'm from Jersey. We, so we, our our sort of um, experience with seasons is a little different. Yes, than much different. Los Angeles, very different. Here, it's like 75 degrees every day, sunny. Yeah. So when summer ends, it's like the season's over, but it, LA sort of just still feels the same. Yeah, it's, it's like not as hot of a summer. Right. For a while. For the rest of yeah. the year. Right. So you're used to like snow. Used to snow. Used to all the seasons. Um, I actually love the snow, so it's good to get back. I go yeah, back me too. For, uh, for Christmas. Yeah. Go back to Michigan and see my family. So it's it's nice to to be in the snow. But the cool thing about Southern California is you're half an hour away from snow. You know, you could drive true. up to Big Bear and and uh, go go snowboarding and skiing and go surfing the same day. It's pretty magical. Yeah, that is kind of cool. When did you uh, move to LA? I moved to Los Angeles in July of 2002. Okay. Yes. Oh wait. So did I was I came out here in June two thousand two. Basically. Oh really? Yeah. That's when I did the Oakwood apartments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. June two thousand two. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I didn't really get an apartment until August two thousand three. I did the Oakwood you did back the Oakwood. and forth for a while. Furnished, set yeah. up, sort of. Thing. It's like before you ship your car out and before you get all yeah. your life belongings out here. I did sort of the year. Yeah. So it's weird. I sometimes consider myself having been here since two thousand two, but officially two thousand three. 2003. But that means we were just. Two running shifts around. in the night, Brett. <laughs> yeah. We were uh, running around L.A. in 2002. Just I like, was not running around L.A. What were I you was doing? struggling around L.A. Wow. Yeah. Everybody, I think, when you first yeah. get here. Oh, my God. It was a mess. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, Another summer topic I wanted to talk about was uh, yeah. summer camp. Did you go to camp when you were a kid? Um, I never went to, like, a, a go-away summer camp. But in high school, I went to this, this school called Lands Cruz North High School. Okay. And um, sophomore, junior, and seniors were available to participate in something called Camp Cavell. So in Camp Cavell, the teachers select who is a part of this. So they take... Like, the majority of sophomores and then some juniors and even less seniors. Right. And what they do, it's like uh, a selection of all walks of life, right? People that would normally never hang out with each other. Oh, that's And cool. people that, like, don't understand each other. and Like the breakfast club. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. In On a life. big scale. Totally. Right. Um, so in, in the, the idea was that you go there and everyone talks about their problems and and uh, you go in different groups and things like that, and it's like a really great mix match of people, and you kind of like grow together and understand people. It was it was such a great experience. And do I you was do super like those happy. survival things, the trust falls and stuff like that? Or no? we did a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, we had something like that too, but it was only a week. It was like this um, retreat, maybe National Honor Society or something. I don't know, yeah. some retreat, Natural Helpers, I think it was really called. something where like he took you away for a week and you had to like same kind of thing, befriend people you might never they, have been friends with. They almost stopped doing it after the year that I went. Oh, really? <laughs> and it was for the whole summer? In uh, no, it was for like a week during oh, okay. school, actually. And uh, I was a monster. So, like, me and my group, we, like, broke into the kitchen and right, took 50-pound bags of rice and, like, knocked out the windows in the cabin next to us. Wow. And poured, like, 50-pound bags of rice on people sleeping. So it was a terror. By the second day there, they were completely out of food because we broke into the kitchen. <laughs> horrible. And, like, tortured everybody. So it basically had the opposite effect that they were trying to. No. I mean, that was actually a catalyst for us having even a more profound experience based on everything because like after that they were like what the yeah, hell are forced, you guys doing for some self-reflection yeah so they called everyone into uh this huge room and they like gave a big talk and then i talked to the principal 
about like why people shouldn't be suspended because some of my friends were going to get suspended. I was like, wow. look, this is the reason we're here is to like deal with problems. Right. And if people act up and you suspend them, what are they learning? Exactly. You know. So uh, we talked through, it and actually, it was it was a really good experience. Wow. And we we managed to eat for the rest of the week, which <laughs> right. is great. Right. But um, it was a really great time, and I think everybody learned a lot about each other. Wow. Yeah. See, I um I was th- I've been thinking about summer camp a lot lately because it's like you know the summer ends here like I said and it's like it doesn't make a difference you just go yeah. on because we all all our jobs are sort of now 12 months a year but um but basically uh, I found out last month that the camp I went to when I was four years old and later I went back as a counselor uh, a camp called Mill Road Day Camp it closed after 40 years so it was 1972 to 2012 and it was like this mainstay in New Jersey in yeah. central Jersey and all of a sudden I got invited into this Facebook group that announced that the camp was was done, and I guess new people bought it and new owners, and they were changing everything. So I went back and I found the photograph of my group in 1984, like our group photo, really, and scanned it and posted it sort of to the Facebook page wow. and tagged everyone who was in it. And we were four years old, and there were two funny things that I noticed about this picture. Uh, first thing, I had broken my wrist that summer, uh-huh. my left wrist. And so for the picture, they gave us, like, one of those um, signs that said, like, mini camp 1984. Yeah. And I, of course, got to hold the sign. But uh, it's front and center. With your cast. Yeah. But they had me block my cast with the sign. But I remember this, like, it was yesterday for some reason that I was, like, four years old. And I remember thinking, I'm going to want to remember that this was the summer I had a cast all summer. Yeah. I had to swim with, like, a plastic bag over it. Oh, God. So I pushed the sign over and make my cast stick out at the last second, like, right before they snapped the picture. Yeah. And you can see, like, this, the really? sign is, like, off-center and my cast is sticking out. And so I noticed that. And then the other thing I did was this girl, Marissa, who was sitting right next to me, I had a crush on her. Yeah. So I took a scissor on the picture and I cut either side of her so that she could swing her legs freely in the picture. And <laughs> really? Like, yeah, so she could like That's enjoy herself more in the photograph. Like it was the oh strangest my thing. God. But I have this picture and I remember being four years old That's and like genius. But it's sad though. That's my memory of Milro Day Camp and it's it's now clo- I, in that was 1984. I went back as a counselor in 98 and 99. But they're reviving so, it now or No, it's going to just have a new name. They're going to like tear it all up. It's just sort of like a new camp. The, a new camp, yeah. That's but cool. none of the same people. Okay. So it's like the there's sort of like an outrage on Facebook. It's like it'll yeah. never be the same. And yeah. But it's just wild to see people posting pictures from 40 years of yeah. like a camp experience. That's madness. It's big in it's big in New Jersey. The other camp I went to is called Lakeview Day Camp, that I did from what, 1985 until I did that for seven summers. Yeah, I always wanted to, but I never. So you didn't do sleepaway either. I didn't. I didn't no. really do sleepaway camp, which is also known as overnight camp in the West. They call it overnight yeah. camp, but sleepaway camp on the East. Um, I ended up doing yeah Lakeview Day Camp for seven years. I never made it to the eighth, where you get like this tote bag if you go. Eight oh really? Years. It's like life size. You can fit yourself in it. Really? And I always was like, do I go back in eighth summer for the tote bag? You need it. Or do I go to travel camp? And I went to travel, and then you become a CIT, and then you do yeah. teen tours. So I ended up on this other path, but, but um. Camp's fun. Camp so what did you fun. do during the summers? What was the summer like in Michigan? Um, summers, my, my family and uh, and I, we loved to travel. So, oh, so growing up as a kid, some of my, my highlights were um, we had like a big conversion van. So oh, and, then we, and then we got a pop-up camper and it was uh, Like my National mom. Lampoon's vacation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, my, me, my brother, my mom, and my dad. And uh, we'd always go up north. So like in Michigan, there's so many beautiful places like Upper Peninsula is just got... Yeah. I picture just lakes. Oh, yeah, lakes galore. Um, uh, The Upper Peninsula is actually very um, 
like the terrain's much different. It's right. not flat. It's very like mountainous, I right. guess. Um, so like Port Austin is where we have a place, which is the tip of the thumb in uh, in the oh, lower yeah. peninsula. So we go up there like every weekend when I'm home. And then, uh, but when we were younger, we used to go all over. So like uh, Copper Harbor, which is the furthest tip of the Upper Peninsula on Lake Superior. And uh, that was awesome in Porcupine Mountains and Crystal Lake. So you bring your own camper? Yeah, we bring our camper and we go to campsites. I've never been in an RV. Oh, really? I always want to, like Price is Right, I used to watch in kindergarten. And I used to, instead of the sports car, I was like, I want the the RV. RV. Because you could watch TV and lay in a bed while you're you're being driven around. Ours ours was a pop-up camper, so we couldn't drive it, which would have been awesome. uh, It attaches to the car. Oh, okay. And then the sides come out and it pops up. You roll a crank. I've never done it. It's cool. It was fun. And uh, we met so many good people camping. Like, a lot of people uh, would go to the same places, and, like, we would run into the same people all the time, which was nuts, every year at different places. So now, um, though, you go to the same place, every you said, every weekend? Uh, so now when I'm home, I usually, uh, my parents spend most of their time on the weekends in uh, in Port Austin. So I go up there with them. When that's I'm a lake? And, and hang out. Uh, there's a lake right there, yes. So that's and called, like, going to the lake or going to the country. In, in yeah, Jersey, it's called, like, north. going to the country. Really? We call yeah. it going up north. Going up north. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's so. fun. Okay, another thing about summer is ending is that uh, the summer movie season ended, mm-hmm. and yesterday they released the uh, top five movies of summer 2012 and Where how much they? money they made. So I have the list. Tell me if you've seen any. Okay. Okay. Number five movie of summer 2012 is Ted, with 216 million. Seth no. MacFarlane. You haven't seen it? Uh-uh. It's very funny. Is I it? actually think it's your sense of humor. Okay. Do you like Family Guy? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So you'll like that. Number four is the movie Brave. With two hundred thirty-one point seven million. Oh, for two. Oh, for two. I haven't seen that one. Number three, Amazing Spider-Man, two fifty-nine point six million. Out right now. Really? Yeah. Number two, Dark Knight Rises with four hundred thirty-one point two million. Fantastic movie. You saw it? Yeah. Okay. So you saw that. Yeah. Everybody saw that. Yeah. And then the number one movie by a landslide. I mean, it made two hundred million more than it, its closest competitor, Avengers, six hundred nineteen million, six hundred nineteen point five million dollars. Wow, I saw that. I mean, that's huge. It's the biggest movie ever, though. Or no, yeah. third biggest movie ever. Yeah. It crossed um, 1.5 billion worldwide. After, wow. Yeah. So after Avatar and Titanic, it's the third biggest movie ever, Holy which is crazy. Crap. But I think, I don't know, those numbers, I mean, they're not as big. I don't know. I don't know if as many people went to the movies this summer as in well, the that's, past. Well, that's all domestic, right? That was domestic, yeah. Which so is still pretty huge. It's still big. But I mean, only two made like in the 400 or 600 range. Yeah. But it's still big. But you have to see Ted. I will. For sure. Yeah, how was Spider-Man? Spider-Man's good. It's yeah. different. I mean, it's like, it's basically like the, um, it's like the not, it's not as cartoony as the Sam Raimi okay. one. It's not as like colorful and bright. It's more like a dark, uh, darker movie. It's the same director as 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. So it's got more of like a romance. It's, it's like the teen high school romance movie okay. set on the backdrop of, you know, he's, okay. he's also Spider-Man. All so right. it's just a different vibe. But huh. you know Chris Zoka, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he's in that. He's oh, Flash cool. Thompson. So that made it fun. I went yeah. to see it with him. And so um, it's hard. It's like how could you – when your friends are in movies, it's very hard to sort of go. give a biased opinion. Yeah, it's like, like I say oh, everything's great. good. Yeah. yeah. I can't ever say anything bad about any yeah. movie. Um, and then – so then this weekend at the box office, it was a four-day weekend. So tell me if you've seen – have you just not seen movies lately? Because if you then you probably haven't seen these. So number three – All I do is <laughs> go to the gym, eat – and work and study and study. Well, yeah. number number three movie in America right now with eleven point two million over the four days was Expendables two. That was number one 
the last two weeks. Wow. Uh, number two is the movie Lawless, which I saw last night, actually. How was it? It's, I want to see that. really good, but super violent. So, really? Yeah. Like it, it was almost Lawless. like Drive. Like, I didn't expect Drive to be so yeah. violent. Same thing with Lawless. I was like, oh, my God, this is super really? violent. But the acting is, uh, is awesome. It's I'm into Shia that. LaBeouf, Tom Hardy, uh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Mia Wasikowska, I want to say. Oh, say. yeah. So uh, Ben Lyons was uh, was the guest last week, and he highly recommended it, so I made sure that I that I saw it. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's based on a book called The Wettest County about moonshine in the 30s in Virginia, yeah. so you would never think, you know. But because oh, what they were, crazy. But because they're making their own moonshine, they're outlaws, and people yeah. are after them all the time. Yeah. So there's a lot of violence, and you're just like, like I mean, great Tom Hardy, book. yeah, Tom Hardy has like nine lives in this movie. Really? But uh, the number, uh, so that made $15 million. And the number one movie is a movie called Possession, which made $21.3 million after four days. So that's the number one movie, but I haven't seen that. Huh. That's a horror movie with Kira Sedgwick. Oh. So you have to catch up like in your Kira. movies. She's great. Kira Sedgwick. Oh, right. Yeah. You did uh, the, movie, the show The Closer. Yeah. So did uh, Riley Smith, who was here a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I what like was, Riley. We'll talk, let's talk about The Closer. Well, actually, let's see. You want, let's talk about you. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go. And then we'll get to The Closer. Let's go. Okay. So you moved here in 2002. Moved here in 2002. To be an actor. You knew you wanted no, to be an actor. No, I actually, I had no idea. I, um, this you is, had no idea? No. If you moved to L.A., you have some To model. Like, Oh, to model. Yeah. Okay. And um, I didn't know I wanted to do that. In Michigan, everyone's like, oh, you should think about modeling. You should think about modeling. So I started paying money to Barbizon Modeling School to learn how to walk a runway and apply makeup. Is and that a school colors. in Michigan? Yeah, it's like a Barbizon. modeling school. Yeah. Um, it's one of these. Uh, I mean, I guess it wasn't a scam for me, but, I mean, there's nobody really had business being <laughs> like right. just to be totally honest like to so be basically a model, they should pay you to be a model you shouldn't pay them to be a model. well it's like to be a model you got to meet certain requirements like you can't right. be five four right that's one of them so Unfortunately like for they're people. just like taking some people's money it's like it's hard um i mean you could probably do regional modeling i'm sure but you know in los angeles and in new york it's so competitive that right. there's no way that you could you could be this short person and be, and be a model like it right. doesn't work the clothes you know all but when you're in Michigan is, is anyone else you know doing it or you're just sort of like it's like this pipe dream that you're thinking? um well no I mean it was it was just it kind of all happened so fast like as soon as I got in they're like oh there's this competition in New York it's six thousand dollars you know lots of agents and managers from all over the world I was like okay how old are you at this point 18 18 okay. uh 19 okay yeah I was like I don't have the money so um so then, like two weeks later, they announced that there was a competition in Chicago, and it's only $2,000. Perfect. So I was like, okay. I oh, wait, it's $2,000 to be in it? Yeah. Oh, I thought you win that. No. Oh, it's $2,000 to be in it. Yeah. Okay. So wow. I scraped the money together, and I went to this, this competition in Chicago, and that's where I met my agent. And he's like, <laughs> it's so funny. My parents went with me, and we were sitting down, and he called me back, and uh He's like, so you want to be a model? I was like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, uh, what are you going to do when you're 25? I was <laughs> right. like, what do you mean? Uh, model. He's like, well, your career is going to be over. So what are you going to do when you're 25 and your modeling career is over? And I was like, um, I, what? I never right. thought of that. Yeah. And he's it's like, like, I'm 18, 19. Let, yeah. me, let me get through this year. Yeah. So he's like, you should think about acting. So ah. I was like, okay. He's like, I have an acting division and a modeling division. And you could do both. You come out here. We'll get you in a class. L.A.? He's based in L.A.? Uh, yes, he oh, was. But, oh, so he came to Chicago to scout. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. Good, so that's like smart. a lot of people came from all over to scout, and uh, and he um, 
he was my first agent. So I, I met with a bunch of people, and then my parents and I, that was in June. And then, like, two weeks later, we flew out and met with everybody in Los Angeles, met with the different people, and we decided to go with this guy because my parents really liked him, and, and I did as well. That's good that your parents were involved in this process. Oh, yeah. It helps it yeah. sort of legitimize things a little bit. So, so yeah, so I, I moved out a month, less than a month after I went to this competition. I moved out to Los Angeles by myself. Where'd you move? And uh, I moved to the same place I live in now, in Valley Village. Same oh, apartment. Really? Same yeah, apartment. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, so I moved out, and uh, I enrolled in acting class right away. And I didn't take it very seriously because, you know, I was like, oh, man, I could do this. <laughs> Were you booking jobs in the meantime? No. I was doing like, oh, man, Brett, I was like chubby. I had long, curly hair. It was it was madness. <laughs> um, it was a whole different world. Okay. But... Um, but I had a good personality, right? Know? So like, See? I was having fun. That get, um, gets you far. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, so I got in class, and when I was 22, that's when I I, I got serious. My teacher sat me down. He's like, "When are you gonna get serious about this? Like, you, right. you have a gift. Like, you should do something." So uh, so I started studying really hard, and that's when things started to happen. Started booking commercials, and it wasn't until seven years in when I got the hard times of R.J. Berger. Right. See, so people don't realize that this yeah. over, the overnight success thing yeah. is seven years, ten years. Ten years. And then now the new normal is like almost nine years yeah. being out here. So wait, let's go back to the commercials. What, uh, what kind of commercials were you booking? Um, I did – the first commercial I booked, I think, was a Ross commercial. So okay. I, I've done like three Ross commercials, Honda Civic, Mercury Milan, uh, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. Um, That's a lot of commercials. I have a Corona running right now. I had a TGI Fridays running all year. Uh, I've done like 14 or 15 commercials, I think. That's great. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. That keeps things steady for a little bit. That helped. Bit. Yeah. It definitely helped. Yeah. So like I lived off the dollar menu and oatmeal <laughs> for the first, and ramen noodles for my first three years out here. It was oh my gosh. just awful. So that's good for people to know. Everyone just assumes you move out of here, you make it. Yeah. It's, a, it's survival of the fittest. It really is. I mean, as long as you're doing what you need to be doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always say you're a day away from your life changing. Like if I if, think so too. If, I mean, that's it's the truth. Every time someone's considering giving up, I'm like, what yeah. if tomorrow's the day? That's the only thing that kept me out here. <laughs> it's the truth. It's like you can't because the next day can always be the day that you book the job or yeah. you get discovered. So, tell me the timeline. I have a list of shows that you've done here. Were these all yeah. pre RJ Burger? You have Glee, Heroes, Rizzoli and Isles, Two Broke Girls. Those were, um, no, Two Broke Girls must have been last two year. Two Broke Girls came out this year in, yeah. in January. Um, Heroes, Glee, uh, were before Hard Times. Okay, so tell me about that. So you... And Rizzolian Isles was that... <coughs> I think that was in between season one and season two. Okay, so take me back to Glee and Heroes since those are the first. So, um, so you're going out on auditions all the time or what's your daily going routine? Going out on like auditions at, at all the time. Point? Like I had a really great manager and a really great agent and then they both dropped me and then I got... A new, uh, my old manager went to casting, recommended me to uh, my manager now, who right. was my agent. So she recommended me to him when he was an agent. Oh, okay. And, um, and uh, we, um, we went through it together, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, but that's fun. I mean, that's not, well, not always fun, but it's, it's nice to be able to look back and be like, I've come up with the guy who believed in me from the beginning. Absolutely. Because now when people see you on a, as a regular on a show, they're just going to, you know, come out of the woodwork yeah. and want to rep you, but it's kind of cool to have the person who was there from the beginning. And, and no joke, there's at least 200 auditions where it was I was on hold and it was me and another guy 
and I never got it. It for always years. went to the other guy. Well, I, I learned that when I started working as an assistant in movies. I I would see the audition process, how many times it came down. Like, the, a lot of times they put the headshots on the wall. Yeah. Like, they'll do, like, the five choices in order, top to bottom, like, first choice on top. And you'll see, and I, I remember looking at this wall. This was, like, 2002, 2003. And I was working on this movie. And I looked at the wall, and I was like, how many times has that guy in the second position been the guy in the second position? Dude. And But at some point, the guy in the first position is not going to be available. He's going to yeah. be working on something else, or he's not going to want to do it, or whatever. Yeah. And then it's that guy's movie. So, yeah, so it's probably 200 times you were on hold for, for Which stuff. Which is just like... It's unbelievable. But the so fact that you stuck with it... I'm like, I'm, I'm close. Exactly. Like, you know, it's you have to look at game. it that way, right. But that happened for years, you know, and people... You know, a lot of people that come out here, they either come out here and they struggle or they come out here and they have parents that can really help support them. Right. And, you know, and, and either way, if you come out, you need to, you know, everyone's so caught up with going out and doing stuff like that, which I was when I was younger, too. Yeah. But um, you got to prioritize. And so you were paying the bills by working. You worked as a waiter. Worked as a waiter. So that's what I'd you got to like do. Forty dollars a day at Chin Chin and Encino. Oh, man. It was just. But you worked at Prime Grill, right? I worked at the Prime Grill. That's where we yeah, met. Yeah, that's where we met. Yeah, yeah I talked absolutely. about that with Ben Lyons last week, yeah. uh, that I did a dinner party every Wednesday at the Prime Grill. So I met you yeah. there, and Ashley was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I knew I, – but it's funny, though, because I remember you would say, like, you're always so nice to me. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. I just didn't – it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, that's the thing in matter. L.A. You don't think of someone as, like, they're the waiter. I'm not going to, like, become friends with them because, you know – no one's out here to be a waiter. They're doing that exactly. to pay the bills on their way to something else. Exactly. And even if they are, like, you know, I was I was on my way to being a career waiter for, for some time there. After the Prime Grill, I went to BLT Steak, and then from right. there I went to Michael Mina's 14. And I have a supreme love and affection for culinary arts, for food and right. wine and, and spirits and things like that. I'm super knowledgeable, and I love all those things. And I actually made probably more money actually i did make more money doing that than i did on the hard times of our shit burger <laughs> really? as a regular wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um so wait before we get to rj burger though so you book what's the first thing glee is like the first um for heroes well the first job that i booked um i never did a co-star which is awesome okay. uh so yeah, i have to know about the day you you yeah. weren't on hold you were actually chosen in 2006 <laughs> yeah uh, i had a girlfriend cameron goodman right okay and uh, and she's like, oh, you got to meet my manager, Rhiannon. And I was like, okay. And this is the woman who went into casting after she managed me okay. and then recommended me to my manager now. Right. So um, she's like, you got to meet Rhiannon. And I was I was comfortable with my manager and everything like that. So I um, I went and met with her. I was like, you know, just let's try it. I went and met with her. And excuse me. And um, and I was talking to her, and she's like, I am gonna get you in for CSI New York tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And uh, I was like, let me talk to my manager first and stuff like that. And actually, no, come to think about it, Vince, me and him, uh, he and I were not getting along very well. Yeah. And uh, and we ended, I ended up dropping him. Okay. Like the day before my audition. And I went in for CSI New York to play a tattoo artist covered in tattoos. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And you have no tattoos? <laughs> no tattoos. Um, and I drive a motorcycle and I don't drive a motorcycle ever. So um, so I go in, and I got a call back, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. There's no way this is going to happen. And uh, and then I ended up booking it. Yeah. And that was the first thing in 2006. So you got – do you remember that phone call? 
Yeah, I was so excited. It was life changing. Like I remember Huge. just because you were school. so used to so many times being on hold and not being you. Well, this is before I was on hold a lot. This oh, is okay. Like, um, okay, that's before good. Before all that, I was still awful. Like I was a bad actor when I did that job. But how'd you but get the tattoos and the motorcycle? Just nine or no, um, long, long, long days. But makeup took up to four hours. Oh my gosh. a day. Yeah. So they must have really Before wanted you in order to, because they could have just gotten a guy with tattoos. With tattoos. <laughs> yeah. So you get so. that call and you're just like, I booked it. Yeah. And, and I was go. like through the roof. I was like, oh, my life's going to change. We'll be doing movies in no time. <laughs> right. But even yeah. still, but it's great. It's a yeah. nice validation to get. Absolutely. Part. So CSI New York was the first thing. Yes. And then I struggled for three years. Wow. Until hard times. Wow. Okay. So tell me about hard times of RJ Berger. For, um, I was saying earlier that um, that's probably at this point until the new normal comes out. That's yeah. what you're known for the most. It was on MTV for two seasons. Yes. Co-starred another friend of ours, Amber Lancaster. Yes. Great young cast. Great really cast. F- really funny show. It was like yeah. It was really the one of the first scripted shows that started this whole new trend at MTV. Yeah, we we our show actually pioneered scripted for MTV. Right. And uh it was it was just so fantastic and the creators Seth and, and David Katzenberg yeah. are just great guys. Yeah, David and, Katzenberg is is awesome. Yeah. He's an awesome dude. He's a great guy. And And he directed it, right? Yeah, and it's funny it's because so cool. uh Seth wrote a book that was called uh like Seven Deadly Horror Movie Sins or something like that. Okay. Cuz he's a writer. And uh, and I had auditioned for that, and I did that. And what it was, it was like, okay, so you hear a noise, like I'm making out with a girl on the couch, and then I hear a noise, and it's like Jason walks by the room. I'm like, let me go check that out. So I do, and then I get killed. They're like right. different things, like machismo, when I act like, you know, I could take on anything, and then I get killed. Right. So it was like seven little little bits like that. And Seth and David actually directed it and wrote it. Oh, no way. And yeah. So they and remembered I did, you. But No. Like, we didn't realize it when I went in for the callback. Like, at first, it was like, okay, I almost passed on the audition. I was like, I don't want to play a 15-year-old. This is ridiculous. Was he 15? I was 24, you know. Right, 24 playing 15. 15, yeah. And explain the character to Max. Uh, Max Owens, this uh, just super, super highly insecure <laughs> right. jock bully that is has everything. Right. But can't allow anybody else to have anything. Right, he has the I hot guess. girlfriend, and he bullies R.J. Berger, the, yeah. the lead character. Yes. So, so. You're, you're the enemy, but you've got some layers to you. Yeah, tons of layers. I ended up being gay yeah. as that role, and uh, tons of layers and a lot of fun. So you uh, so why were you thinking of pa- passing? Because the 15 thing? Yeah, because, cause, I mean, 15. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> right. I'm not right for it, right. you know. Um, and I went in. And I remember Deborah Zane, who's like huge, huge casting cast, director. Huge casting director. Um, her and Tannis, I was reading with them, and Deborah was so cool and like acted everything out with me. Right. And uh, I was like, that was awesome. So it was a lot of fun. And then I got a callback on the day I was shooting Glee, actually. So I got a callback on the day I was shooting Glee, and I couldn't make it. I couldn't make my callback. Wow. So I told Todd, my manager, I was like, hey. Um, what are we going to do? He's like, I don't know. I guess we got to miss it. Like, this sucks, but we got to miss it because, you know, this is the job that you got to do. Right. And uh, and we told them that. So David and Seth were like, we'll come in an hour early and see him if that works. So their, their casting office is at Highland <laughs> and Wilshire. Okay. And I needed to be in Encino <laughs> at 3 o'clock. Oh, for Glee? For Glee. I thought Glee was Paramount a lot. Uh, it so, was, but oh, we were on location. Oh, you moved. Okay. So, um, so it was on location in Encino, which oh for people gosh. who don't know Los impossible. Angeles, it's impossible at 2.30 to get there. <laughs> right. So 
Oh, my gosh. So they decide that it's coming in at 2.30, and i got to be there at 3. So I go in. I'm the first person in. I do it. Um, they don't give me any adjustments. I leave. I'm 15 minutes late to Glee. And I'm like, oh, God, this is awful. Fifteen's <laughs> um, not bad considering how far you had to go. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened, but everything was was on my side then. And then I ended up booking it. You know what's like, funny is Riley Smith told similar stories about how when he was in a rush, when the auditions yeah. were a rush, he booked them. Like 24 he got because he was really? rushing. He had to get to the airport. He could only do it once, and he left. And he got it. I think the less you think about it, exactly, you're not inside your head so much. Like your head was on Glee, yeah. so you quickly did your MTV thing, and it was probably so natural and effortless, yeah. that you got the part. So, and it was awesome. And I, I remember just being so excited when right. I got. So now this you're role. a regular on a scripted show. No, on I'm a MTV. regular scripted show, a Huge. funny show. And, uh, and, and you're not. A, do you quit being a waiter at that point? At that point, uh, we no. I waited till we shot the pilot. Okay, and then. I waited till we got picked up, and then I quit like a week before I went to work on that. That's great. Yeah, that must have been a great day. It a, was a good feeling. Such a good day. I remember I saw you. I guess between was it between seasons one and two at the MTV movie, movie awards, awards yeah. and you had much better seats than me. That like a, oh yeah, like ten rows Cash up. Sheets. I was like, I was like, you've made it. You're I've an made MTV it. MTV talent. MTV family, and uh, I love MTV. I love their their programming and. Those people over there are my family. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was, yeah, those are good friends of yours. Um, no, that was a great opportunity. So now you mentioned Glee, so that's Ryan Murphy. Yes. So Ryan Murphy knew you, obviously, from Glee, right? I don't know, because he casts off tape. Oh, okay. So um, I auditioned on tape. Okay. And uh, the role was just a one-day guest star. It's super simple. But um, I could see how like the trap would be. This mm-hmm. is like, the first time I was like, okay, this is how this needs to be done. I went in, read it once. They're like, "That was awesome," and that's what you hear all the time. Like, right. That was great. Like, great get job, out of my office. Job. You know, right. even if it's the worst thing ever. Right. Like, that was excellent. Cool. Thank you for your time. Right. And uh, and then I ended up booking it, and I was so excited. But he cast off tape, so we just watched the tape, and and that's how I got it. And then uh, New Normal, same thing, cast off tape. Right. So let's talk about New Normal. So created by Ryan Murphy. Yes. Who created Glee. And Ali Adler. And Ali Adler, who also wrote for Glee. Yes. Ryan Murphy also created one of my favorite shows of all time, Nip Tuck. That's the first time I ever even heard of Ryan Murphy. I mean, that show was the coolest. I was obsessed. Me too. I was obsessed with it too. It was the first thing I think I even watched on FX. It was like, it was, the thing with, with, um, nip Tuck that I always found fascinating was I could never predict what was going to happen. Like yeah. I, a lot of times I'll watch TV or I'll watch movies and I know exactly what's going to happen the next scene. I know what the character's going to say. Yeah. You, just, you feel sort of cues of, and especially mm-hmm. when you write and direct, you know. So um, I remember I'd watch Nip Tuck and no matter what my instinct was of what was going to happen, it would be the opposite. Really? Yeah. You Like someone's going to get go to that ATM machine and get held up. Nope, they didn't get held up. Something else happened. You know, like, yeah. I'll never forget that. And so I was always blown away by it because I was like, Ryan Murphy's so talented because he somehow goes against every instinct that you have and surpri- like continually yeah. surprises you. He's just such a good writer. He's a great writer. Director. So funny. And so then Glee, is, it's interesting that that's the same guy because Nip Tuck is so dark. It's so different. And, and he did Glee, popular, too. Right, he did yeah. popular. So, um there's a lot to talk about with New Normal. So basically, New Normal, I got to watch the pilot. It's on iTunes for everybody out there. iTunes, Hulu, NBC.com. Yeah, you could watch it on your online. Apple TV. Um, it premieres next Tuesday, the 11th at 9.30 on, on NBC. But if you want to watch it, you can watch it ahead of time. Uh, super funny. Laughed yes. out loud. There's, can I say the cameos or no? There's like little pop-up yeah. people. Like Gwyneth Paltrow pops up in there. Yeah. Which is interesting because she's from Glee. You know, she did yeah. parts on Glee. Um, uh 
Leslie Grossman, is that her name? Yes. From Popular, which is also yeah. a Ryan Murphy show. She pops up on, on there. So I think Ryan Murphy did a, some inside jokes for fans of oh, his, yeah. his other shows. And then he um, does that. your opening scene, uh, we are introduced to your character with a close-up <laughs> of a girl's breasts in a bra. Yes, that And happened. your voice. And then it shows you, and she's in bed with you and it's not your girlfriend or the mother of your my wife yeah is she your wife yes okay so you're married yeah and so um so your first big scene is ellen barkin comes in and confronts you with a gun yes it's awesome i was like there's jason blair acting opposite ellen barkin when she has a gun on me a gun and you're in your underwear in a bed with some girl i mean it's it was an awesome way to introduce the character yes it's such a it's such a funny show um, so tell me sort of, so so it had nothing to do with you being on Glee that you got the new normal. No, I don't think so. And I I haven't really talked to him about that yet. Okay. Um, like, you got to ask you guys him know, like, that I did Glee. Is that why this happened? Right. So, um, so what was that like? So was that just another audition during pilot season? Well, it was, it was another audition during pilot season. And I was having like the worst time of my life acting, actually. I was like so miserable during pilot season. Because like, RJ Berger was over. RJ Berger was over. And I was just so slammed with appointments that I couldn't focus on any one so i was like spreading myself so thin and right i wasn't i wasn't like it's a good problem to have but it it gets sort of yeah but it's like you lose the story if like you're just trying to duct tape everything right now how many pilots would you say an actor goes or you went out on oh god this pilot up to five a week that's a lot and it's (laughs) like you know you get an appointment for the next day and you got to know 15 pages right and it's like comedy which is like super specific (laughs) and you're like oh my god Right. Um, and then you get two more that night for the next day. So and new normal fifteen pages too. So new normal was like one of five. New normal was one page, and okay. it was one page in the audition. Allie, actually the creator, she um, based on my audition, she rewrote my scene the way I auditioned it, and wrote in like shruggish and That's stuff awesome. like that. Because like, you know, in the pilot, you could really hate that character. Right. Um, you he's, could really hate yeah, Clay. Like you meet him cheating on his wife. Yeah. He's kind of a lovable, not the brightest yes. guy. Yeah, lovable, not the brightest guy. At the end of the day, um, you know, I love my family, I love my wife, and I love my daughter, and I'll do any for the, anything for them, but <laughs> I can't keep it in my pants. Right. And it's not my fault. And that's the know? character, right. Yes, and that's exactly. the character. So, and um, the other thing you feel for him, too, I mean, he was a high school student, he was 15, and he, he and his girlfriend in high school accidentally got pregnant. Yes. And now they have an eight-year-old girl. Yes. And uh, she is, she becomes a surrogate now for a gay couple, yes. two guys, and so now she's going to carry their baby yes. to make some money so she can give a better life to the eight year old, yes, who's also your daughter. So it's a cool concept. It's a very like Modern Family. It's a great with a concept. Twist. It's it's, it's, like, it's similar to Modern Family in in some aspects and very different in others. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, the show is all about family, different right. types of family, and the new normal. Like, what is normal nowadays? Exactly. Like, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, and it's pushing those boundaries and testing those things that um, that we see in everyday society that other people see as normal and other people do not. Right, like the so, word normal doesn't even mean anything anymore. Exactly. You know, and so yeah. there's actually a great scene where the two, where the gay couple, one of them is played by Justin Bartha. Correct. Who is a very, plays a very convincing gay guy for yes. a straight guy. He's straight. Yeah. Uh, Justin Bartha's in The Hangover, everything. He's been in a lot of movies, but um, he's great in this, and he and his husband are at the at the playground and they're looking at all these families and then all these characters start to talk to the camera yeah. there's one who's like you know 
um, a little person. There's one who's older. There's yeah. you know all different kinds of families, interracial. It's all very Ryan Murphy too. It's all like, very it's so Ryan quirky Murphy. and yeah. like out of nowhere and crazy. And you're like, right. what is happening? But you laugh, and I think that's what's great about it is that you you don't make fun of these people because they're making fun of themselves Not first. So like the little person gets in this little car with like her kid. A Barbie like a, Corvette, right, like sort a little of thing, Barbie yeah. Corvette. But because they're making fun of themselves, you know, they take away all that power yes. of you being able to make fun of them. And then that happens too. Ellen Barkin's character is um, racist, bigoted, homophobic, anti-Semitic, everything. everything. But she's so over the top in it that it sort of sheds a light on how ridiculous all that is. Yes. You hear her saying these things, and you're just like. This this woman's ridiculous. How can any, how could anyone out there still talk like this or think like this? Absolutely. But you know she has moments of weakness where you find out that her husband uh, turned out to be gay, and so that's why she's homophobic. Yeah. And is she really, or is she just bitter? You know. I mean, there's some really smart things. A lot happens for a pilot. A, a lot, lot happens. happens. Yeah. And it's a really good setup. It's a really good introduction of characters and and you know uh, archetypes, but. The show hit same-sex marriage and race mm-hmm. on the head right. like nothing I've seen before. Yeah, and Justin Bartha's character is kind of like a masculine guy. He watches yeah. sports, you know, so Absolutely. so they didn't make it where... It's, Stereotypical yeah, at all. Yeah, it's not like Modern Family where they're both kind of the same. It's like yeah. there's one who's into sports and one who's not. Um, and then uh, NeNe Leakes is also on the show. Yes, yeah, she and is. I've never seen real, the, her Real Housewives, but I've heard a lot about it, but I like her from Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, okay. And so I'm a fan of New Leaks, and she came to Truesdale one night, and I hung out with her a little bit, and she's cool. And so now she's a, she's an actress. Yeah. And she steals every scene she's in. She um she did a lot of work on Glee for Ryan. Right. And so then he liked uh, her. and then he loves her, you know, and she's great, and you know people love her most importantly, like people, you know, yeah. can can her, her character. She's um one of the gay couples. She's his she's, secretary. Yeah, she's Brian's assistant. Brian's assistant, yeah. right. Who is loosely based off oh, of Oh, Brian, Brian is based on Ryan, right? Yes. And she comes in, at, she just says some really funny lines. Like she says, she, so basically funny. her gimmick is that she keeps buying things, I guess, on the company card, yeah. gifts for herself, yeah. and then tells him after the fact. She's like, oh, you bought me these shoes. Yeah. yeah. And she says to Ellen Barkin, uh, she has a line like, uh, the last time I checked this diamond watch that yeah, my, my gay boss bought me like, yeah. without knowing, it was 2012. You exactly. Yeah. yeah. And she's Very she's cool funny. and her personality a, is amazing. It's a great cast. It's I mean, a fantastic you're cast. You're part of a really strong like movie star. It cast. is a dream come true. Yeah. And it, I mean it is a dream come true. So it was written as a guest star in the pilot. In the pilot, yeah, it was just one page. And then uh like I was saying, Allie rewrote it uh based on that. And then I came back to do the second episode. Um, so the pilot is a pilot, and you normally you would think the second episode is episode two, but it's episode 101, right? Okay, so it gets so, picked up by NBC. It gets picked up by NBC, and this whole time I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, they're going to recast me. Well, I remember like, talking to you, and you yeah. told me that the role was as the father of the eight-year-old. So I yeah. was like – I, I said to you, I was like, I think you're going to be a regular because – the eight-year-old and her mom are in every episode. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be in every episode? Well, yeah, and it could have gone either way. You know, they could have made me like this deadbeat guy who, right. once they leave me, I like disown the family and stuff like that. So half the cast stays in Ohio and half the cast is in LA, or does everyone relocate well, to LA? In the pilot, um, it's mixed up. Like we're in Bowling Green and they're in Los Angeles, right. and then they eventually go out to Los Angeles. And okay. then I'm not going to tell you what okay. happens in episode I know, I'm 101. Already, I'm already in. Um, I already need to know. But uh, but yeah, so I go back to film the second episode and this whole time it's like so nerve-wracking it's like okay the show's picked up are they gonna bring me back like what are they gonna do um so they bring me back and i was on set 
in it was a scene with with uh with Ellen and she's she's talking to me and I have like one line and it was just so much fun and like my <laughs> yeah. character is so ridiculous and everyone's laughing and the next day I get a phone call from my manager he's like hey they just called and checked for your quotes and uh, so what that means is like uh, like when you test for a network show like when you go up for a pilot um, maybe like anywhere from just you to three or four other people test and you know your quotes so you know how much you're getting right. for the pilot and for every episode so you know what you're going to make but you, already had the, but you already had the role at this um, point. I already had the role. So at so. least you knew you weren't up against four other guys. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> right. And it, same thing with Hard Times. I didn't test for that. They just directly booked me, which was awesome. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so they call and ask for quotes, and uh, I just remember going, ah! I was at, uh, I was at um, the girl's house that I'm seeing right now, and we just went nuts. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I can't talk about this because I don't want to jinx it, you right. know? So, like, don't tell anyone. Right. Don't I just even get talk chills to me about thinking it. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't talk to me. And that was that day. And I was supposed to go to work at like 8 p.m. that night, but they called me in at one to shoot my big scene. And uh, I'm like, oh crap. So, but I was totally prepared, totally ready to go. <laughs> right. And they're like, hey, can you be here in 15 minutes? I'm like, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not home. What? What's going on? Right. So, uh, I ran home and showered, and I got there in like 40 minutes. And uh, that's a lot of acting, by the way. I'm noticing it in these conversations that I'm having on this podcast with people is that a lot of it is running around, getting places on time, yeah. driving around Los Angeles. It's a it's a race against Absolutely. time constantly. There's it just is. not enough hours in the day to there's not to do everything you want to do. And all of an actor's work happens when they go home, <laughs> not <laughs> right. on set. Right. right. You got to come prepared. That's fun. At home is like when they work. When so it's like, out. oh, actors got an easy job. <laughs> Right. No. Right. No, I don't. So you show up that day. This is for the next episode. So I show up. And you still and don't know if you're – you still just think you're guest starring on the second episode. Well, no. I, at this point, I know um, – like I had already worked with Ryan and Allie the day before and okay. Alan. And, uh, and I know at this point going in Friday that, hey, they had called and asked for my quotes. Right. So, so Ryan, um, right before I'm about to shoot this big scene, he, he pulls me aside and he's like, hey. I'm like, hey. He's like – What's going on? What's going on? I knew something was up. Wow. I was like, what's going on, Ryan? He's like, do you like the show? I was like, are you kidding? And I'm like, already like on cloud nine. <laughs> right. And I was like, I love it. And everyone that I've showed the pilot to, like, they cry, they laugh. It's so heartfelt. It's super And funny. so funny. Yeah. It's like to be able to, to um, switch back and forth between those two is very unique. Yeah. And it does it extremely well. So, um, so he pulls me aside. He's like, do you like the show? I was like, yeah, so heartfelt, so funny. Everybody loves it. <laughs> and he's like, that's good. Because uh, we're trying to figure out how to put you in more episodes to make you a regular. And I Amazing. was like, this, it's real. Like, it's all, it's real. Because at that point, like, I knew, but, you know, who knows? Maybe right. they're just trying to see. Well, when the boss tells you. Yeah, and I'm like, real. oh, God. So I shoot the scene, and then I'm on set all the rest of the night until my, I'm the last scene up. So last scene up, um, there's a lot of me in my underwear in the show. Well, that's actually Ryan Murphy tweeted a picture. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To all of his Twitter followers, and he wrote, "What did he write? Hot day on the set of New Normal." Uh, another hot day on the set of New Normal. And it's or a picture like of you that. in your underwear. Yeah, from so that's a, how I knew he liked you. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's like, my wardrobe. Usually, it's like tidy whities and work boots. <laughs> right, um, right. A real Bruce Springsteen sort of guy. Right, right. I'm like mini boss. So basically, so you're the. Um, you're the only straight guy in the as a in the cast, like yes. character, straight guy character Correct. in the cast. So Correct. they needed sort of a heartthrob, I guess. Yeah. So so you know, I shoot my last scene up, and it's just this quick thing, and me in my underwear, and I talked to Ryan. I was super excited, and then Ryan, Allie, on the way out, she's like, "Hey, 
I really hope this works out. Like, it makes sense, and we love you. And yeah, you're the great, character should and it be totally there. Makes sense. The character should always be in their life. I yeah. mean, your daughter is is on the show, the eight year old. Yeah. So you should always be there. So. So I, they. So okay. So what I need to see in the next episodes is how they do the Ohio, LA thing. Yeah. I'm I hoping mean, everyone makes it out to LA. We'll see. Interesting. So yeah. so the premise now is that, what's your wife's name on the show? The character. Uh, Goldie. Goldie. Right. Yes. Right. Goldie. Um, which is funny because she's like a young Goldie Hawn, which is probably why they did it, yeah. I think. And the daughter's name is uh, Shania. Shania, right? Yeah. Like she named her after Shania Twain. Yeah, exactly. I figured. Okay, like that was like eight years ago. Shania yeah. Twain was like who she was listening to on the radio. So, okay, so Goldie and Shania, your character? Clay. Clay, right. Okay, and so Ellen Barkin just does not like you because you're, you've are you been a thorn in her side. You got her daughter pregnant at 15, but she's sort of... There's an there's like a I flirtation. I don't me. know. There's something I, interesting going on between she, you guys. She she definitely roots for me in the way of like I love my daughter and I'm right. there for my daughter and right. I think she sees that and she you know her character realizes that there's a lot of dads out there who are not like that. Yeah. So I might be a deadbeat in other ways, but at least I care about my daughter and I do things for her. Right. So um. What's so it she's like? like yeah, continue. She's kind of on my side, right. you know. What's it like acting with her? Because she's a powerhouse. Man, is she a powerhouse! Wow, she's, she's awesome. She's so awesome and like incredibly intimidating at first, but she's really just a cool woman. Yeah, she's just so cool and like hip and awesome. Yeah, she seems a lot younger than she yeah. is. Not that she's old, but yeah. she seems young. She seems like yeah, like you said, very hip. I mean, she tweets a lot. She's on Twitter. Oh yeah, and she swears on Twitter. I mean, she just she has no filter. Really, Ellen Bargain has no filter i'll say that right here yeah she uh, but it's fun i mean she just doesn't care she's, she doesn't she's like i'm ellen barkin i don't care and she's like that on set she's right. awesome like yeah she's got you know she's got some sass and I her mean, character kind of is shedding the light on how how ridiculous ignorance is oh yeah and how silly it all is absolutely um so this is very exciting i'm it comes out on tuesday there's I'm billboards like, everywhere i was driving over everywhere. here and a bus drove by with new normal on it yeah i mean they're promoting the hell out of it i feel like yeah. this is nbc's Probably most buzzed about show since Smash or something. It's yeah, it's it's pretty pretty epic to be a part of something so special. Um, what about talk about a little like there's some controversy surrounding it, I guess in Utah. They, or... they banned us in Utah, but we just found an uh, NBC affiliate that's going to show it on Saturdays before oh, okay. SNL, oh, which awesome. just happened, which is pretty cool. Bad. So yeah. Utah banned it because of the gay marriage thing. Yeah, which is just so ridiculous, ridiculous. and silly. But and sometimes some of this controversy helps the show in the ratings. It gives you more press, more yeah, attention. Yeah, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but they shouldn't have an opinion for their whole state. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and also, it's a TV. You can turn it off if you don't it's like TV, it. TV, yeah, don't put the channel on. <laughs> right, it's pretty there's, simple. There's don't some... <laughs> DVR the show <laughs> right. if you don't want to watch it. Right, but you know there are people in Utah who are now like, I have to see the like, show because they won't let about. Yeah. yeah, but it's worth it. It's great. I'm so glad I got a chance to see it. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Download it on iTunes. It's free. It's the entire episode. Yes. It's super funny. You get to see Jason Blair. And um, I become a regular in episode 104, which is the fifth episode. Yeah. And you know what they do a lot that I love is the flashbacks. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like, what other shows do that? Uh, Scrubs did that a lot. Scrubs sort of those, did a lot. Those fantasy things where you think something and then you see it really quick. And that's where, and like, Ryan back. and Allie's personalities really come out because yes. they're both so, like, 
out there and creative and right. amazing like like nip talk and like how that show was like really just yeah amazing but also nuts yeah um like ellen barkin shows up in los angeles and you don't know how and it flashes back to her on twitter yeah with your clay's with Tabitha, asian with girlfriend girl that who's with. good at com- she says she's yeah. good at computers and building railroads right so they find the satellite of the tweet the geotagging yeah. and they yeah i mean it's crazy but it's a quick flashback but it gives you all the answers exactly it's really funny mm-hmm. so They're that's a good way with with uh, like very special things. But that's a good way, too. It's an easy way to show us the backstory of you guys when you were 15. Exactly. Pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, you know, still to learn about these characters. Um, so it's New Normal next Tuesday, 9.30, NBC. Um, you also have a movie coming out with a friend of ours, Max Adler. Yes. Called Detention of the Dead. Uh-huh. When does that come out? Um, we just got uh, a distributor in the U.S. and, and, nation, and uh, international as well. Okay. So I don't know exactly what's going on. I, I should probably call the director and see, but I know it, it will be coming out soon. And I don't know if they're going for a, a limited release in theaters or if they're going straight to, like, Netflix streaming right. and things like that. Which right now, video on demand is the new. Absolutely. And iTunes is the new way to... Uh, Get your movie out there without having to spend a lot on print and advertising. You just sort of Absolutely. put it up as a new release, pre-theatrical release, mm-hmm. and everyone starts buying it. But uh, that's that's a great little little number. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, tell me about really Detention funny. of the Dead. What's that? It's it's a, like, sounds uh, like a horror movie. It's a, it's a horror comedy. It's like Shaun of the Dead meets The Breakfast Club. Oh, okay. So that's funny. Breakfast Club sort of style with all the different characters in Detention. And it's overrun with a zombie apocalypse. And it's like, how do we come together for the greater good to get past this? <laughs> right. And I play Brad, who's like this jock, just monster. Is it similar um, to R.J. Uh, Berger kind of? The uh, jo- the jock? Similar, yes. But, so it's uh, great that you're still playing high school, by the way. Yeah. That just means you'll have a long career. Pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. But um, but it's it's a lot of fun. The characters are great. And the cast is fantastic. And we did a we did a really great job. Who else is in that besides Max? So Adler? it's um it's Max Adler, Jacob Zakar from uh, oh, yeah. from Greek from Greek, uh, Krista B. Allen from Revenge, uh, Alexa Nicholas, who I think is recurring on this season of Walking Dead. So that was probably like camp going to that movie. It was <laughs> like camp, and it was in Michigan uh, near oh, yeah, where it was I'm in Michigan. from. So right. like so I got took to everybody out, and we had a blast. Yeah. So uh, so the cast is great. So and Justin Sean from from all the Twilights. And, oh yeah. And we just, we got together really well and had a lot of fun and made a great little movie. So that's good. You got movies going. You got regular on your NBC show. Yeah. So and I think. Good uh, time for Jason Blair. I also have, I'll be in the finale of Drop Dead Devo. Oh, right. You just coming out that. soon, I think. That was in Atlanta? Yes. Yeah, you just went to Atlanta a few weeks ago to shoot yeah. that. You're unstoppable. Playing some scummy club promoter. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I don't know where you learned that. Not from you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely. That's funny. Yeah. Um, that's some good stuff. What other stuff do you have lined up? Um, well, now I... Uh, now you're busy with the new normal. Yeah, I was I was doing something, but I had to uh, let it go because the new normal, I was doing eight episodes of something else. But so, um, so basically the audition, once you're a regular on a show, the auditions, you don't have to... Well, yeah, it's like I'm tied up, you know, I'm contractually obligated to new normal, which is the best possible <laughs> thing scenario. to be tied yeah. up to. Yep. And uh, and when that's over, I'll be able to go out for films and things like that. Right. So that, yeah. if it gets picked up for the full season, we'll probably shoot to like March. Probably. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, our schedule is really great because it's, it's a week an episode, so five days an episode. And oh, really? Every, that's it? For yeah. single camera? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And every that's four weeks, we take a week off. Right. Which is great. And that's Paramount also? Paramount Live? We're at Paramount, yeah. So he has, uh, Ryan has American Horror Story and, wow. and Glee and our show, New Normal. Amazing. 
Yeah, all that's on the great. Paramount lot. That's yeah, I was that's at, also like iconic. You pull into the Paramount Pictures so cool. gates every day. I was uh, oh I was at God. lunch the other day, and uh, American Horror Story Asylum is what this new season's called. So they're filming there, right? And I'm in there, and there's like a bunch of people from the asylum coming in to <laughs> eat in like up. these old gowns and like crazy <laughs> greasy hair. And right. I'm like, oh man, it's like you're eating in the cafeteria of a mental institution. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Murphy's on top of the world right now. Yeah, he's he's not doing bad. Not that's doing for sure. bad at all. Um, one more movie thing I wanted to discuss before I go on to the mystery question, and I'll tell you about that in a second, is that um, the actor Michael Clark Duncan passed away yesterday. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know? What? Yeah. That's why I said I was going to talk about him. Oh, I didn't know what? you didn't know that. No. He. Sorry, I didn't mean to what happened? break it to you like that. Um, he, had a, he had had a heart attack in July, and he, um, I guess, just con- he'd been hospitalized at Cedars for like two months. Isn't that horrible? Oh I didn't know God. you didn't know. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have said it like that. But um, I made a list of his movies that I just wanted to shout out some stuff because he's done. Isn't that crazy? He was 54 years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't know you didn't know that. Um, but uh, let me see. Green here. Mile, man. Green Mile. Yeah. So he was oh most known God. for Green Mile. He's nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in 2000 for that. Um, the story actually was that Bruce Willis got him the part because they did Armageddon. And then Bruce oh, called really? Frank Darabont and was like, there's this guy on Armageddon. I know you're casting Green Mile. He's perfect for that role. And got him the audition that then made him a huge really? star. Yeah, because he was in Armageddon. He was in um, Whole Nine Yards, also with Bruce Willis. He was in Night at the Roxbury. He always played a bouncer, you know, in the beginning. Planet of the Apes, Scorpion King, Daredevil, Sin City, The Island, Talladega Nights, School for Scoundrels, Redemption Road, Green Lantern. I mean, so many movies when you look He's back. He's awesome. I know. It's terrible. And that role in Green Mile is just unbelievable, oh, heartbreaking. I know. That scene where he's crying, holding oh the two God. girls, and he gets accused of that, and he didn't yeah. do it. Um, yeah, so he passed away yesterday. And while I was, like, prepping the show, I was just like, I guess, you know, we got to mention that because it's, it's such yeah. a bummer. I wanted to put him in one, a project that I have. Like, I had a role, and I was like, that's Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. So now, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Oh. He was on a show, actually, this past season on Fox called The Finder. So really? he was working, you know, up until, I guess, July. It's a, it was a bummer. That's Sorry awful. To, I don't yeah. want to end on a, on a, like, on oh, a downer note. God. I know. I thought you knew. I guess no. you, you were resting up from Labor Day weekend. You, yeah. You missed it yesterday. I just watched uh, Homeland. Oh, all, all, all over. All I mean, I've already seen it, but. Um, the first season? I was showing the, yeah. the girl I'm dating. Yeah. I was like, you got to watch this season. Like, yeah. To prep yeah. for the second one. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Huge. The first season is unbelievable. Amazing. And Claire Danes is unreal. <sighs> and Damian Lewis yeah. is just ridiculous. The Emmys are in a couple weeks. I think uh-huh. it's going to win Best Series. She's going to win Best Actress. And then, so I think the second season, after it comes off of some Emmy wins, yeah. will be big. It's like, and I think Breaking Bad is amazing and stuff, yeah. but I, I'm like, Homeland might, I might think it's better right now. I know. It's, it's funny that you have to, to choose, like, what's better. Like, yeah. Like, that there has to be a winner. So There's, much good stuff. TV is so good right now. We t- I talked about this with Ben Savage the first week that the quality of television just in general because they're competing with so many networks you have to step up your game like it used to be three networks now there's so many if you want people to watch you you have to offer something that you can't find anywhere else like the the comedy on new normal is very you know very much like movie comedy like it's edgy it's not your typical tv family friendly it's 9 30 you know yeah and it's edgy and it's single camera and it's just different and it's got movie stars in it which there used to be such a difference between a movie star and a tv star and now it's like you can be both. Absolutely. So um, so there's something we do on on the list called the mystery question. Okay. And this way there's one topic that I 
I don't know going into it. Okay. So what I do is I have my guest from the last week put a question in an envelope and seal it, and that's how I end the show the next week. Okay. So you'll leave one. I'll give you one to uh, when we close out the show. To You'll leave one for next week's guest, okay. whoever that may be. So I am handing you the envelope. Oh, no. Open that up. Ben Lyons was the guest last week. I have no idea what the question is. And he has... That's the mystery question for Jason Blair. All right, Ben Lyons. So, Ben Lyons, if you're listening, here's your question. <laughs> what does it say? Uh, <laughs> that's funny. What has been your low point in Hollywood? Wow. And then it says, don't say being on this podcast. Oh, wow. I <laughs> knew he was going to – I knew he would do something about me. Um, My low point – Wow, what an, what an interesting um, question. In Hollywood would have to be – uh, I mean, it's a toss-up between my first year out here and uh, and this pilot season. Really? I would say I, I wanted to quit acting this year. Wow. After pilot season. Yeah, I wanted, to, I, I wanted to quit acting, like straight up. I was like, this is awful. Like, it doesn't make sense right now. And, wow. You know, it's like I was working so hard, but the work was awful because I wasn't applying myself in the right way. And, I mean, and that's the thing that we deal with as actors, like, one day you hate yourself and, you know, you want to quit. And then the next day you win an Academy Award, you right. know? So it's like, I'm awful. And then you win an award. But it's also a double-edged sword, like you were saying, because you get so many auditions during pilot season that you yeah. can't give any of your full attention and the proper. So it's like great that you, you know, yeah. it's a blessing and it's not. Because like, great, I, I'm getting so, booking so many auditions. Mm-hmm. But I can't give any of the, the proper sort of attention and, and work that it needs. Yeah, it was it was very depressing. Wow. So First couple the, months of the year. That's the answer to Ben Lyons. But the high point, let's end on a Has high note. Has been <laughs> the new this pilot season. Exactly. So you ended yeah. up booking it. And yeah, yeah it, it kind of. And that's it, how it works. You know, that's why, like, you can't give up because you're a day away. That's actually what my corporation's called, one day away. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, for your production company one day? Uh, yes. Or, well, just for my incorporated yeah. self. Yeah. One day away. Yeah, one day away. So you own that. One yes. day away, LLC. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So um, So great. So the low point The low point is the also high the high point, point yes, Amazing. which is, is pretty great. So was, was that uh, – w- could you say that that day was the highlight of your career so far? Was the day you became a regular on the new normal? Yeah. I mean, That's it's good. the most – the biggest accomplishment yeah. ever for Amazing. me. Amazing. Yeah. So now when people watch the show, they know the story behind it. Yeah, and it's more importantly than – it's more important for me of the show and the content of the show. Right. Because I have so many gay friends living in Los Angeles. Like, at least half of my friends are gay. Really? And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And the things that I see them go through and the things that we talk about on the, on show, the show is so specific and so real that uh, you can't help but want to root for the show and support the show. Yeah, and it's nice to be part of something that you can really be proud of. It could change minds. Yeah, know? well, well, that's what I think Ryan Murphy's trying to do, and I think he has done it with Glee, and so he's now pushing it even further. This is mm-hmm. this instead of high school, this is now a little older. Yeah, twenties, thirties. Yeah, it's good stuff. So very yeah. exciting. Dude. Thank you, thank you, thank I'm you. I'm excited for you. So one more time, new normal, Tuesday nights, nine thirty, NBC, starting next week. Correct, starting next week. Very Absolutely. good. Absolutely, love it. And so now here's your card. You leave a mystery question. I will. For next week's guest as we go out. And um, yeah, so also download The New Normal on iTunes if you can't wait until Tuesday. And this podcast is also on iTunes as well. And um, so that's it. Signing off for another episode of On The List. This is Brett Gersky. Thank you, Jason Blair. 
and uh, we're wait. On. You know what? I what? think uh, I think the new episode airs on Tuesday. Oh really? I could be wrong. No, no, no. But the pilot's got to air. I on heard Tuesday. that they're going to air the pilot after the Voice Monday. Oh really? And then episode two the next day, Tuesday the eleventh. Oh, so that must be a new thing. I bet. Yeah. Oh no wonder they're giving. When I was, on, oh, when I was okay. online, it said new episode airing September eleventh. So okay, so I maybe they're giving it away they for free. Do got it. That that makes sense. So they're yeah. giving it away for free on iTunes and then airing it after the yeah. Voice. For I that, mean, I could be totally wrong, maybe. but that's what I. Well, got either from. way, watch it on iTunes. Yeah. If you can't wait till Tuesday. Cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> of course. Thank you for being here. And um, that's it for On The List on HaHaJK.com. And be sure to check out all of the shows on the podcast network on HaHaJK.com. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Hooray for Hollywood. Hooray for Hollywood. So misunderstood. So keep fighting on When all hope is gone You live and you learn The tables will turn So shine like you should Hooray for Hollywood Hooray for Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.